Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, and once again, welcome. My name is Ethan, and I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I get the privilege to serve here at Love Lake Norman as the director of students and of crews, which are our small groups, and I'm just so glad to, to have the opportunity to talk with you today. We are in week two of a series called A Gentle Answer, and A Gentle Answer is not only a book by Scott Sauls, but it's found in Proverbs 15, which says, A Gentle Answer Turns Away wrath. Now, in my opinion, the coolest thing about the book of Proverbs is this. Regardless of what you believe about church, the Bible, or God, Proverbs contains some great wisdom for everyday life. Now, I have two sons, Liam and Jude, and they're about 18 months apart, which means they fight like cats and dogs every single day. <laughs> but something incredible happened uh, a few years back when Jude was learning to walk. Jude had just turned one, which would have made Liam around two and a half. We were at um, a play place inside of a mall, which let's be honest, those things were pretty gross even before COVID. Uh, a lot of germs. But we were there anyway, because we were, I guess, naive. <clears throat> and the boys were playing. Now, Jude was holding on to this playground equipment and shuffling around. I mean, he was early on in his walking process. I mean, he kind of looked like a baby giraffe learning to walk. And this other kid had walked up to Jude and stood in his way while he was trying to go in this one direction. And so Jude, being sweet and young and, and maybe a little naive, didn't realize what was happening. So Jude turned the other way and started shuffling the opposite direction. Well, this kid um, whipped around and stood in front of Jude again. And so Jude turned around. This kid kept getting in front of him. Every time Jude turned around to go around him, he stood in his way. This kid was picking on Jude. And it happened time and time again. It happened for probably 30, 45 seconds. And I was just sitting there watching it kind of happen. He wasn't hurting Jude, but I was interested in seeing how Jude was responding. And Jude really wasn't phased by it. He just kind of thought, this is what I'm doing right now. But someone did notice. Liam, his older brother, his two and a half year old brother, noticed Every time this kid would stand in front of Jude, Liam noticed. In Liam's eyes, this kid was mistreating his little brother. He was bullying. He was picking on someone smaller and younger. And so what happened was Liam positioned himself in front of this little boy in between him and Jude and sticks his arms out like this in front of Jude to protect Jude. And then, as if to say, it's time for you to leave, he sticks out his arm to defend his brother. Now, as a dad, to see my oldest son protect my youngest son, even though he wasn't in real danger, it made me feel proud. I mean, I wanted to, to clap and to cheer and to cry, which I probably did cry. And I, I just want to be really clear. I'm not here to promote a toddler fight club, because we all know the first rule of toddler fight club. Don't talk about toddler fight club. But what I, I do want to talk about is most of us, I would say actually 
all of us, regardless of who you are, where you've been, your current situation right now, we notice when someone is being mistreated. We notice when someone younger or smaller is being mistreated. And I would say most of us, if and when we see that person being mistreated, we want to do something about it. We may not always do that, but we want to do something about it. We want to stand up for that person. There is something that is true of me and that is true of you, and it's this. We are all for something. We are for something. We all have something that's deep in our gut, something that we want to stand up for, something that we believe is worth fighting for, a hill worth dying on. But the problem is that when you begin to stand up for people, stand up against issues, and stand up for what you believe in, things get messy. As soon as you take a stand for one thing, well, you're in a way taking a stand against something else. There's tension there. Do you feel that tension? If I am for this, I am against everything that opposes this. If I am for that, I am against everything that threatens that. And so at multiple points, in your life, in my life, in everyone's lives, we as human beings have to decide what we are for. What are we for? What do we want to stand up for? What on this earth is worth fighting for? And there's plenty of great places where we find what we want to fight for. I mean, maybe your parents kind of taught you or you saw your parents standing up for certain things and you kind of adopted that. Maybe leaders or historical figures are where you get that's what I'm going to fight for. Maybe it's the internet. <laughs> Maybe you found some things on the internet that just get you riled up and that's what I want to fight for. That's what I want to stand up for. That's what I want to believe in. None of those things are necessarily bad. But the problem is that we are imperfect humans looking to other imperfect humans for guidance. And when that happens, things can, be, can get biased, skewed, or distorted. Not always, but it leaves a little room for error. I believe that the best place to look for something to believe in, something to fight for, something to stand up for, I believe the best place to look for that is the life of Jesus. Now, even if you don't think that, that Jesus is a, is a Messiah, maybe you just think he was a prophet or just a really great and wise guy, I would say that you might think his life is good enough to adopt some of the characteristics from. Even if you think, you know what, I don't even know if Jesus was real. I mean, I think he's about as real as Dumbledore, Captain America, or Yoda. I would say you would probably agree, even if he was a made-up fictional character, that his kindness, his forgiveness, and love should be and could be something that we can adopt. But my hope for today, for our time together, regardless of what you believe about Jesus, is that you would see his compassion, his forgiveness, his grace, his love, his gentleness, his desire to stand up for people, and you would be compelled to take a step closer to him, a step closer to calling him Lord of your life. Now, the New Testament is full of interactions and conversations and moments where Jesus interacted with people that surprised everyone. The people there, people now. 
surprised everyone. I mean, in Matthew 12, he healed a man with a withered hand, although it was the Sabbath. That wasn't a thing that really happened back then. When questioned by the Pharisees and accused of working on the Sabbath, Jesus responded, challenging the injustice of leaving a man to suffer. In John 8, Jesus saves a woman's life. She had been caught in adultery uh, and, and she was to be stoned to death. That was her punishment. And in one fell swoop, he saved her life and exposed gender discrimination. In one moment, she walked away because of what Jesus had done. In Mark 10, Jesus allows children to be near him, even though not many people of that time really respected children or saw their worth. Jesus did. He saw the worth of the young. In multiple places, we find Jesus embracing the poor, the imprisoned, excluded people. He says, whatever you do to the poor, the hungry, or the one in prison, you have done to me. He connects himself with those people. And in one single parable, one single story, Jesus explains how he feels about the oppressed, the ones who were left out, excluded, forgotten about, and discriminated against. In Luke 15, he says this, So he told them this parable, What man of you, have, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. With this parable, Jesus recognized that all lives matter. But in the face of discrimination, he would focus on the life that was discriminated against. Jesus goes after the one that is lost, but cares about the hundred, cares about the 99 that are still there. This parable tells us that Jesus was for people. He was for people, plain and simple. From the womb to the tomb, he was for people. Let me be clear. The poor, the rich, the greedy, the weak, the strong, lazy, sick, healthy, young, old men, women, and children. He was for the broken, the sinful, the religious, the tax collectors, the people who had no one to call friend. He was for the hungry and the imprisoned. He was for those who had been mistreated by the religious leaders. He was for the blind, the lame, and the leper. He cared for the ones thrown out by society. He was for the ones who were looked down on. He was for the ones who were oppressed. He was for the helpless. He was for the vulnerable. He was for those who had nothing, and he was for those who thought that they had everything. Regardless of race, tribe, career, social status, past, or present, he was for people. And he was against anything that opposed that. He wasn't afraid to justly fight for those people. He stood up for these people without condemning them with truth and grace and with gentleness. I think we tend to view Jesus as kind of either two ways, an old peaceful hippie or this robotic guru who walked around spouting out wise sayings. 
And he isn't those things at all. He was fully God, yet fully man. He felt emotion. He cried for his friend who died. He got angry with people who were turning his temple into a shopping mall. When those he was for were being oppressed, he stood up, he spoke up, and he did something about it. Now, in this moment, I want to be 100% crystal clear. For years, people have been standing up for what they believe in, in the name of Jesus. Please see my air quotes. If you're listening to this via podcast, I am doing some majorly sarcastic air quotes. In the name of Jesus, these people have been standing up, speaking up, and fighting, air quote, in the name of Jesus, while they commit acts of evil, genocide, and terrorism. Horrific acts, air quotes, in the name of Jesus that, w- that is full of racism, sexism, and hate. Let me be crystal clear in this moment. Doing something in the name of Jesus, no air quotes, doing something in the real name of Jesus cannot contradict his life, his actions, or his words. Doing something in the name of Jesus cannot contradict Jesus' life. It cannot contradict his actions, and it cannot contradict his words. Jesus is for people. He's for you. Ultimately, his love for people, well, it would send him to a cross. The Bible tells us that he went on that cross willingly for that one lost sheep. Guys, that lost sheep was me. He went on the cross for that lost sheep, which was me, which was you. I'm that lost sheep at my very worst, at my deepest and darkest place. When I tried to run and hide, he still loved me enough to be on that cross for me. And he feels the same way about you. And because of that, because of the way we were created, because of the way we are loved, there's something inside of us. Something inside of you, whether you know it or not. And that something is called a holy discontent. It's something that just doesn't sit right with you. Something that you you really have to do something about. It's connected to a person or a group that you just have to stand up for. A hill worth dying on. A holy discontent. And when you stand up for that person or group in the name of Jesus, in the real name of Jesus, and what you are doing while you stand up and fight for that person or group, well, if it glorifies God, if it honors Jesus, and it mirrors his life, what's a great place to be? It's a great place to be, but it's not an easy place to be. Let me be clear. It's a great place to be, not an easy place to be. Jesus was put on a cross for the things that he stood up for. And while being a Christian in 2021 
in the United States will not get you killed, more than likely. It definitely will not get you put on a cross. You may not always be met with open arms. You may face oppression. You may receive more rejection than recognition. Standing up for the truth of the Bible and the people that Jesus cared for may bring you persecution. I mean, in the United States, where you are right now watching this, our persecution will not necessarily be because we follow Jesus. Our persecution may come as Jesus' followers justly fight, defend, and protect the weak, vulnerable, or oppressed in the name of Jesus. That's a mouthful, I understand. I'm going to say it one more time. Our persecution will not necessarily be because we follow Jesus. But persecution may come, I would guarantee it, as Jesus' followers, as you, as you follow Jesus and you justly fight, defend, and protect the weak, vulnerable, and oppressed. And as you do that in the name of Jesus. And with rejection, with oppression, with persecution, well, it, it brings what Scott Sauls, the author of the book, A Gentle Answer, calls thicker skin. We are able to handle what is happening to us, not because of our own strength, but God's. And as our, our skin gets thicker, these things bother us less. We will be able to humble ourselves more, become less defensive, less testy, and we can respond to opposition with an ever-increasing gentleness. And that mirrors the life of Jesus. And so I would love to talk to two groups of people in the room right now. Maybe you're someone who says, you know, I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm just trying to figure things out. And let me just say, you can figure things out here at Love Lake Norman for as long as you want to. You can call this place home. You can kick the tires. And we are so happy to have you here. And my encouragement to you would be to explore the life of Jesus. Take a step into exploring the life of Jesus throughout the Gospels. If you're into the th some of the things that Jesus was into, standing up for the oppressed, standing up for the poor, the burdened, the brokenhearted people, if you're for those things, you may be closer to Jesus than you actually expected. You may have more in common with Jesus than you ever knew. Now, the second group of people I would like to talk to, you would consider yourself a Jesus follower. Maybe you've been one for years, or maybe it's brand new to you. And my question to you is this. Is your life reflecting the life of Jesus? Are you for people? Not just the people who look like you, or live in your neighborhood, or go to your church, or smell like you, or talk like you, or dress like you, or eat at the same restaurants that you eat at. Are you for people that look nothing like you, that sound nothing like you, that live in different parts of town? Are you for those people? Would you leave 99 sheep to go after the one that is lost? Because that's what Jesus did for you and for me. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for everyone who hears my voice right now. I pray that we remember that 
at our deepest and darkest place. You sent your son to die on a cross that was meant for me. And in return, I get righteousness that was meant for him. That is a gift that we are overwhelmed by. Thank you for loving us. Allow our response to that be a love to you and for people. Allow us to love people like you do. In your son's name we pray. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.